Blog Talk Radio. Kate Wild Radio, and this is Patty Holstrand, and we are on live today with Norm Jones, and he is the author of the Apocalypse Survival Guide. We're really excited to have him. And are you there, Norm? Yes, I'm here. Awesome. Uh, speak uh, slowly, distinctly, and uh, we'll be okay. There you go. It, we always, we try things and uh, you know with certain microphones sometimes it doesn't quite work so uh, I've got a headset that that way people can hear me pretty well. Okay. So I first off I would like you to give us a little introduction of yourself. Okay. Um, my name is Norm Jones. If we don't, nobody said that already. I'm 70 years old. I retired for the last six years. Um, I've been married to uh, Karen, my faithful wife and business partner, for 23 years. And before retirement, she and I were in the flooring business for 15 years in San Jose, California. Flooring, you're talking about carpet and, and tile and that kind of thing? Yes. Uh, carpet, tile, uh, laminates, wood of all kinds. So, does that answer your question? Lost me? Hello? Are we there? Are we still here? There we go. <laughs> there okay. we go. What happened? <laughs> I don't know. I, I was just talking and it, I didn't hear anymore. Oh, okay. I heard a quick click and then uh, then nothing. So yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's technology for you. So we were uh, in the middle of, of your introduction. I did say who you were and uh, that you were a book of apocalypse, the survival guide. And, yeah. And, and that's your new book. So tell us about your, because this is not your first book that you have out. Uh, the first book? Yeah. The, by, can you hear me okay now? Because I think I, I pushed the speaker button. Uh, can you hear? Yeah, me I can hear though? you. Okay. Can hear, we can hear you. Okay, and uh, you want me to tell you about the first book? Yes. Okay, first book was called uh, United States of America in Biblical Prophecy, and that was uh, essentially a, uh, a the case for why the United States of America is actually mentioned in the Bible. And it is, and uh, that book is all about why that's true. It's a rather short book, only 60-some pages, but uh, that was the first one. Okay. Now, I didn't know that you said that part of this book is in your new book. 
That is correct. Fact is, all of that of that first book is in the new one. Oh, okay, great, great. So that way we can get uh, it's kind of two for one there. Sort of, <laughs> yes. But, it, but it's uh, that book, the first one, is uh, is limited only to the involvement of the United States and right. not the involvement of the rest of the countries that are also involved. Right. So obviously, and the United States is not as old as all these other countries that are. You talk about in your in your third book. Yes. So tell us about your second book. Okay, the second one is called Managed Cooperation Theology. It's a uh, a tiny light to ignite revival is the purpose for it. Um, that book is about what I conceive to be the the um, the theology that Jesus actually practiced. And I'm suggesting that what most churches practice today is not really 100% what Jesus actually practiced, but it's maybe 95%. And the the 5% that it's off is just enough to... uh, provide the wrong focus for theology and the wrong focus for the churches. So what I have suggested is that that love is really what Jesus wanted and uh, but what he has gotten is more about sovereignty. But I don't want to go into that and this is not the place to go into that particular subject. Okay. Okay, that sounds good. Um, we were having a little bit, we're still having a little bit of difficulty, so once in a while we get fuzzed in and out. So this yeah. kind of, Oh, you noticed that too, huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, would it be better if I turn my speaker off and just use the earphone, you know, the... Yeah, probably would be. Maybe it's, it might be interfering. Okay. How's that? I can hear you. You can? Yep. Okay. That, that's all right. Okay. Uh, so is that uh, maybe a little better? Yeah, it, does, it doesn't sound like it's in a can, and hopefully we don't get any eruption again. That'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, okay. that's good. Yeah, we, we find what, what works here. Yes. Okay, so we we talked about your books. Now, what what I want to talk about first is just so that way people can understand you better. A little bit about your writing, as you talked about three books. So, when did you start writing? Um, well, uh, I started writing in. Uh, uh, I guess it was probably the uh, mid eighties. A little bit about this and a little bit about that. Um, but, so, you wrote, uh, what, so, so you started on like articles and then moved up to bigger pieces. No, actually, um, I uh, realized that I wanted to be a writer, uh, but not formally writing. 
Oh, okay. The reason I became a writer was that I had a message. Right. And that writing was necessary to getting the message out. And so I started writing and because I had something to say as opposed to writing just to be writing. Okay. And obviously, in other words, you were inspired to write the, the book, and that's what uh, forced you to write. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that was a little bit later in your life then. Yes, uh, actually, I was uh, I was thirty five when I first became uh, a Christian and was really committed to God. Um, Although I have known I had known God most of my life, um, mm-hmm. what inspired me to write the book was that in the uh, mid mid seventies or so, I became aware that I was a, really a failure at life, and that was because I had been married up to that point, married twice, and divorced twice, mm-hmm. and after the second divorce, that told me that. I was a failure, and I couldn't mm-hmm. live life. But at the same, around the same time, uh, I had a guy come by, and he was talking about God, and and uh, I came to realize that if I, that if I would trust God to manage my life, that He promises that He would would manage my life and to make my life successful by his standards, that is, God's standards. Mm-hmm. And uh, that convic- conviction prompted me to become a man of God and that t- uh, told me that I needed to become a man of God. And so I have been doing that ever since, trying to become the man of God that that he would want me to be. So in the process of studying and so forth uh, and learning about God, I became interested in future prophecy because a lot of the Bible talks about future prophecy. And future prophecy is really the the event will happen in the future. So, um, so I I was in a Sunday school class in the mid '80s uh, when uh, and the pastor was talking about the uh, the uh, Battle of Jericho. You oh, yes. people may, people may be interested or maybe uh, may understand what that is. And that's where uh, God told the Israel uh, to uh, march around the city for once a once a day for six days, and to march around uh, the city seven times on the seventh day. Uh, are you still with me? Are yeah, I'm with Yeah. Okay. Okay. And uh, so that that's a really bizarre sequence. To, yeah, to tell is. people to do that. And it's really weird. So uh, I thought to myself as the pastor was talking about it, 
where have I seen that sequence before? Uh-huh. And uh, I, I thought to myself, I, I remember thinking to myself, I'll, I'm going to look into that sometime. I'm going to study about that. Well, I've been doing that and other observations for the last 30-plus years. And my inspiration for writing has come out of those observations about what those kinds of sequences mean. Hmm. So, so, we see, so we see that sequence elsewhere in the Bible as well. Right. And the one that matches that is in the book of Revelation where they've, it talks about seals and trumpets and bowls of wrath. Well, the uh, mm-hmm. that it relates to the seals and the trumpets and the bowls, which will happen in the future. And that what's a day for six days and seven times on a seventh day relates to the order of how that's going to work in the future. Uh-huh. So, wow. Yeah. So it's it's. Pretty terrific, really. I mean, it's it's only the kind of thing that God can do, uh, because the between the writing of the, of Israel going of fighting the battle of Jericho and Israel and Jesus dying on the cross and so forth, that's a that's a really long time. Are, are we still together? Yeah, we're still together. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, this phone does weird things, so I, I'm not I, sure. <laughs> I'm fighting with it. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's, yeah, it's supposed to get in out, but it's, it's, we're still making it work here. <laughs> okay. What I might have to do is go in and, and uh, edit some of the blank spots, but we'll see how, how it sounds when we get finished with it. Okay. So, do uh, you have another question? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you have a gift of prophecy. Yes. When did you realize that? Was that when you when you realized about the uh, Battle of Jericho, or was there something else in your life that triggered the thought that you might have some kind of spiritual gift? Well, uh, I think it was later on, it was after that incident, which was in the mid-80s, but uh, it was somewhere around that time that I came to the conclusion that God had given me some insight that he, he didn't give to other people. Mm. So when I, when I understood that he had given me some insight, that is how the, that's how I came to the conclusion that I had that gift. Hmm. So, do you know anybody else who has these kind of spiritual gifts? Do I know anybody else who has spiritual gifts? Yes, anybody that you've met in the past. Oh, yeah. All Christians have spiritual gifts, uh, one or more of them, that God gives to them. Uh, they may or may not know it, but okay. uh, everybody, every, all Christians... Uh, have uh, spiritual gifts of one kind or another. 
those are the ones that given by the Holy Spirit, correct? Correct. That's fascinating. Uh, so you, you talk about, did you have to do a lot of research when it came to writing your books? Yes, I did. I. Uh, it's been uh, nothing but research, I, I, I suppose I could say. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Because uh, you have to know really the Bible really well in order to uh, be able to uh, interpret parts of it, especially the the book of the Revelation, because it's uh, the knowledge uh, to get through the book of Revelation depends on what you know about the whole rest of the Bible. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I know that that's that's always been a confusing book. Sure. And and it's mostly because uh, you have to know what God's trying to say in other places uh, before you can understand that because the book of Revelation is the most difficult part. It's like it's it's kind of like your your standard mystery. It, you can't just go to the end of the book and <laughs> and read about what's going on at the end of the book and expect to understand the whole story because right. part of it depends on what what went on at the first part of the story. Right, so, right. And so, then so, even if you don't know it really well, it doesn't mean that that you'll have the right interpretation. Right. Because the the interpretation comes by the work of the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart about what words and that that you've already studied, what they really mean. According to the Holy Spirit. You see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. So when... Uh, when you were writing, what did your family think about your writing? Well, uh, Karen, uh, my wife, uh, is really the only one who thinks my writing is worthwhile. Uh, but she is coming from a Christian perspective, and, and we've been close for uh, 23 years, almost 24 years now. And... Uh, as opposed to my sister, who is a born-again Christian also, but she doesn't know much about my writing, so she's skeptical, I'm sure. Uh, my two daughters are, are both committed Christians, but they're skeptical because they don't know too much about my writing either. Uh, and then uh, I have uh, three brothers that are... Uh, Secular people, and uh, I believe that they think I'm a nutcase. (laughs) They don't believe in Christianity at all, much less to the depth that I've gone with it. So you've gotten kind of of a thick skin with uh, people not not understanding? Sure. Yeah, very. Because I have people that doubt all the time and so I've just just considered the source and right. and I because I know what God has done in my heart 
There you go. That's that's great. That's you. Yeah, you definitely need to have uh, you know be very foundation built with your with your um, with your faith. I mean, faith really has to be strong in order to have a gift like this. Yes, that's very true. And uh, yeah, and, and and a lot of input from God. Uh, the, that does help, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. And I'm not even sure that I could explain how that comes about. Yeah, that that is kind of an awkward one, isn't it? Now, yeah, how do you I, how do you, how do you explain faith? Well, um, let me start with with explaining belief. You know, the the Bible says you got to believe and and uh, and you got to have faith. Well, believing is an intellectual agreement or assent to some set of facts, and that and believe you could believe in anything. You could believe that the chair will hold you up, as well as believe in God. But faith, the difference between belief and faith, is that faith uh, is acting upon your belief. That is, you have to believe enough to act upon it. Hmm. Uh, And when you act upon it, that's what faith is. For example, for example, you say, do you believe in God? Yes, I believe in God. Well then, are you willing to be baptized into Christ? Are you willing to be baptized? Uh, Do you believe enough to get baptized. And some people say yes, and some people say no. Hopefully, at some point, God works with you enough to where you become convicted that enough to to, to uh, step forward and act on your belief in God and then walk forward with your mm. belief in God. In faith. Good. Definitely. I got you. Okay, good. <laughs> so on uh on your writing, what was the most surprising thing that you learned while while writing your books? Um I would say that the most surprising thing was the genius of God. Mm. Um, Uh, how, how awesome has has been so complex in how he has written and caused to be caused the Bible to be written, and how history has gone in multiple layers. I guess is the only way I can say it, which has been part of my study, the study of types. Uh, type is something that happens in history that points to something else that's more important in history. And in Bible history, that is, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, the two things are connected in a way, and these connections are so complex that that it's only God that could do something like that. It's only God who can 
can exist over hundreds of years so that the one part of this type connects with the other part of the type later. And right. it's all written. You know, so so he's, he, he's the only one that's got the whole picture. That's right, yes. <laughs> he's got the whole picture. He knows how it all connects. Because we can't possibly yes. see it all. Right, and and it's not obvious how those how it connects. Right. It's it's um, that's awesome. Yeah, awesome, and it's genius. <laughs> that's a good word for him. You know, I I don't think I've ever uh, heard anybody say that that God was a genius. That's something interesting. And and you're right. He he would have to be. Yeah. Yes, it's it, it's because it's so complex, but it, but it's not so complex you can't understand it. Hmm. If you look in the right places and you talk about things and and you study out things, the complexities uh, become apparent, and that's part of my study in this new book, uh, hmm. specifically with types. Right. So so exactly is a type. Pardon me? What what exactly is a type? Oh, okay. A type is a incident in biblical history that points and is connected with uh, another uh, incident in Bible history that's more important, usually. It's a... it's a single event, or sometimes people, uh, sometimes it's things, colors that that are connected um, from one point in history to another point in history. Uh, I'll give you an example. The uh, one of the very obvious ones is that Jesus Christ is. Um, said to be the lamb that is slain for the sins of the world. And probably most people have heard of that before. But the reason he's called a lamb is because in, in, uh, in Egypt, when Israel was still uh, under Egyptian uh, slavery, God set Moses up to... To let to get people to get Pharaoh to uh, get to let Israel go, and so you're probably familiar with the the plagues that came upon Israel. There was seven plagues. Yes. And uh, the last plague was the plague where um, God was going to kill the firstborn of every family. In Egypt, everybody was there, including Israel. Mm. But God said the way to get out from under this and to be saved from it is to kill a lamb and to spread his blood on the two doorposts and the lintel of the entrance to the house. And if you would do that, then the death angel would pass over that house and not kill the firstborn. Hmm. So all the houses that had it, um, the firstborn was spared, and all the houses that didn't have it, 
was uh, the firstborn was killed. Even animals, the firstborn of animals. And so mm-hmm. with that plan, uh, Pharaoh let the people go. But see, that story pointed to towards Jesus Christ, who came thousands of years later, uh, and he would save men from their sins. He would save them from going to hell. So everybody who believed in Jesus Christ and had faith in him would uh, be so saved he, from hell. So he became the pa- so he became the Passover lamb then. Yes. So the so well yeah, that's the way tradition came, uh, ran, but but the but the connection between the two, two stories is that the Passover lamb is a type of Jesus Christ in the sense that the blood of the blood of the lamb saved people. And so the blood of the lamb Jesus Christ also saves people. So that's the connection. You see that? Is yeah, that I see that. Point? Yeah. I can okay. see the connections. So you're saying there's a lot of different stories in the Bible that had the same type of uh I mean you know with the Passover lamb these stories are connected. Yeah, there's connections all over the Bible like that, and that's and many of those connections are uh, are uh, what I study about and what I've discovered and and how they relate to uh, future history. Okay, so the, so the definition is of type would be. A, a picture in in time on in the Bible uh, that gives some kind of prophetic information contained in other areas of the Bible. Yes, uh, oh. and and so the the Passover Lamb then becomes a picture, and which gives more information about Jesus Christ and and what He did on the cross. So the, uh, there's other types that give information about whatever happened in the earlier history about the later history. And hmm. that's what the book is all about, is how good those connections are. Okay, and how does, how does that lead to uh, what was said in the uh, Revelations? Oh, okay. Um, for example, um, the Battle of Jericho, where the uh, the people were told to go around once a day for six days and seven times on the seventh day. Well, that connects because the in the Book of Revelation, there's uh, seven seals that's defined, and out of the seven seventh seal comes seven trumpets and out of the seventh trumpet comes seven bowls of wrath so the idea is how long is a seal and how long is a trumpet and how long is a a bowl of wrath and what what do they consist of and so uh, 
Why why do you think that that revelation itself is so complicated? Well, because <laughs> before, because there was a first century man was witnessing twenty first century events. That's one of the reasons. Okay, so uh, in other words, I, you're saying John was getting the message, but he didn't have a clue what it meant because he didn't live in this time, so it seemed very foreign to him. Sort of. Uh, John was a first century man, but when he was taken to heaven to view what he viewed, he was viewing 20th century uh, events. For example, one of the things that I believe that he was observing was he saw a picture and he saw a tank, uh, you know, a a, uh, a war tank shooting and, and roaring and moving and so forth. And he tried to describe that uh, in the Bible. He wrote it down. And so when he did that, uh, he he did the best he could with his first century concepts to uh, to relate what it was what a tank looked like and he heard sounds and so to him in the natural world sounds come from a mouth so he talked about a mouth uh, roaring and a mouth doing this and a mouth doing that but what it was really he was hearing and seeing was the engine of the tank uh, going up and down, uh, going louder and softer. And so he just did the best he could to to describe that in a uh, in first century terms, like noises comes out of, comes out of mouths in the first to a first century man. They don't come out of the exhaust pipe of a of a mechanized vehicle because he didn't even know what that was. So right, that's right. one of the things that makes Revelation so difficult is trying to describe 20th century events and machines and so forth in a, in first century terms. Hmm. Wow. I'll give, you, I'll give you another example. Let's suppose in that uh, you and I got taken up in a flying saucer. (laughs) Right, okay. And we went for a a ride in the flying saucer, and the flying saucer brought us back and set us on the earth again. And then we started to write and try to describe what happened to us. So what we would do is we would write uh, about what we saw uh, in terms of what we know, like for example, maybe the inside of the thing was like the cockpit of an airplane, and so they would describe the cockpit of an airplane. So we use our um, our terms right. to do the best we can to describe what we have never seen before. Yeah, I've, I've seen actually some uh, episodes of Star Trek that was kind of like that, where they had to describe some something that was even more foreign than what they've they've ever experienced. 
Yeah. And, and that's, that makes for it very interesting when you're trying to. So that's one of the problems with the Book of Revelation is you got to you got to consider uh, the interpretation in terms of what was really going on with John, who wrote it. Right. And then there's and there's other aspects too. There's really weird things that happened, but which some of which I I can interpret and some I can't. But usually, everything that's in the Bible is is uh, interpreted someplace else in the Bible. Ah, okay. That's one of the rules. So, uh, I can't go too far into that because it's too complicated for for us to, well, and I can't explain it well enough, you know, for this venue. Well, right, because we we don't want to give away everything in your book. <laughs> not only that, I, I'm I'm not smart enough to do all of it. But anyway, uh, next question. Well, I'm going to let everybody know that we are accepting uh, questions, and so you guys can call in, or you can also write in the chat. The chat is right below your your uh, audio viewer. In, in the page here, if you scroll down below, there's a the flash chat, and you can uh, get, put your questions or comments there, and I will share them with Norm, and he can answer for you. Uh, call in number is 714-242-5145. That's also listed right on the page there that you're listening to. 714-242-5145 is a call in number. I'm also on, on Facebook for those peeps that are usually give me some kind of questions uh, through that way. And hopefully uh, we get a few more questions because it doesn't have to just be me asking. i got plenty of other questions, but, you know, we definitely like you guys to, to interact. So, okay, he's found. We're down to, uh, so does God really want us to know about the exact time of his return? And is that one reason why he made revelations difficult to understand? Um, well, I, I think that there's a couple of aspects of that question. Um, I, uh, the Bible specifically says that, that you can't know the day or the hour. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, the reason it says that is, if you think about it, um, that uh, everywhere in the world, uh, at, this, at the, any given instant, it's a different time and a different day. So, for example, when in Israel, uh, which is when it's 6 a.m. in the morning, in California... Or Arizona, as far as that goes, it's um, 7:30 p.m. p.m. the previous day. So yeah. that's the way the time thing goes. That everywhere in the world, it's different. Oh, so, it gets it gets even more complicated when you go into daylight savings time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. And Arizona doesn't change its clock, so sometimes we're we're uh, Pacific Standard Time, sometimes we're Mountain Standard Time. So, 
Now, uh, depends on what time of the year. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so that means that it doesn't make any sense to try to set uh, a certain time for something for some incident um, that happens somewhere in the world because it's the time is different everywhere. So it's just uh, that's I think that's why the basic reason why God didn't want to talk about the uh, day or the hour. Okay. But then, but that, but that doesn't mean that you can't uh, know the approximate time. Okay. So, so in, in other words, by the year, is that what we're talking about? Uh, knowing, year knowing, knowing the general year and the season. And the season, okay. Yeah. Huh. Uh, so so that's, a, that's interesting that, that, okay, so what you're saying is that you need to get your book. That's right. Yeah, that will tell you a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it says, I mean, come on, come on, people. You think he's going to give away his, you know, his uh, the the last page of his of his story here? You need to get the book to find out the ending. <laughs> right, and and it is it is uh, it does make sense, perfect sense, to come up with uh, how God has told us when the end will come, and uh, the the uh, the season of the year is told through the Jewish feasts. Um, the Jewish feasts relate to the uh, to the uh, events of the second coming. For example, the Passover feast uh, represents the the uh, cross of Christ, and and the other other feasts represent other incidents, in including the rapture of the church, which may be a kind of a foreign term. But that means the uh, the taking away of God's people. He will come back and take God's, his own people away, um, which is a good thing. Uh, but that's also one of uh, indicated by one of the feasts. Um, so the feasts uh, are tell us what God is doing in what time frame. Uh, of the year that is not 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 the uh, what year uh, between now and three thousand, which won't come. But at any rate, uh, the year is is uh, is comes is known by a different uh, type. Okay. Okay. So, uh, so in other words, God has the overall plan. There is an overall plan. Okay. So he's known from the very beginning when when that was going to be. Yes, that's true. That is very true. And he he has told us everything that we need that that is necessary to life and godliness in the Bible. But. It's not come out all at once. Uh, 
Uh, right, right. He's just getting around to talking about um, prophetic things as far as uh, uh, the events around his second coming. Uh, yeah. And that, well, that's what partially what my book is about. Mm-hmm. The second coming. Yes, about the, when the second coming is about to emerge. Okay. How can we know when that will be? Well, the book tells how we can know. Because of the, of the types and the, the clues that God has left in the Bible. Right. Okay. So there's a... I do know a lot of people who ask that question, you know. They, they, they've got to fix their mind, and uh, there's got to be a reason why we have a lot more, uh, you know, movies and books written about the apocalypse than I think we've ever had. Yes, that's true. And so, yeah. you know, obviously, yeah. it's fixing our mind that something's, something's happening. Yes, something is happening. And something will happen. And our whole culture is moving towards the apocalypse and the second coming of Jesus to save his people. Okay. So uh, something we need to get prepared for, apparently. (laughs) Yes, correct. But, you know, in the Bible it says that we all need to get prepared, and, and you say all, we all needed to get prepared, and even when it was a thousand years ago. Well, yes, because there is a judgment coming that's connected with all of this, and uh, there is a heaven and a hell that's all connected with this, and God has decreed it. In other words, he's he set up a plan, and he's a very loving God, but, but he is also a just God. Mm-hmm. And so justice will be served, and um, this book is about the time before the end, the time before Jesus actually comes back, takes over the earth, uh, destroys the powers that will be at the time and uh, comes to rule over the earth for a thousand years. Okay. Now, I noticed that you said that uh, there's going to be a thousand years of peace. Yes. Is that before or after the rapture then? After. Uh, A part of my book also lays out God's overall time plan. The time plan is comprehensive. There's 7,000 years of Bible history, and that's all there is. There is no such thing as millions and billions of years like some people believe. In fact, I guess many people believe that. But 7,000 years is all there is. And uh, my book lays out why that's true, also. Hmm. So, well, it, which, it, I would say that you have a very controversial uh, book and also a very controversial uh, idea. 
true. <laughs> the best I can do is to tell you what what and why I believe that, that God has said these things in the Bible. And it's up to our listeners to to decide whether that's true or not. And to decide whether or not they would like to investigate further. If they would like to investigate further, then uh, you could buy my book and so where where can we find your book? Pardon me? Where can we find your book? Uh we can find you can find the book uh I believe at uh my on my website which is www.soulsoulsurvival.info, or if you must, you could buy it on, on Amazon. But it's cheaper on my website. That's good to send us. <laughs> yeah. Okay, for everybody who's listening, you've got, uh, I went ahead and put his website up there, the soulsurvival.info. You just click on it and it goes directly to his page. He's got a lot of, a lot more information on his website as far as uh, this information. Obviously, some media information, a little more about him, his theology, where, he, where he's coming from. Okay. I said that. That on your website has a lot more information about where you're coming from and you know what we need to be, what direction we should be going. Yes. And uh, and a little more about the, the books, obviously, so that yeah. way they can they can definitely get some more information on your website and find out uh, you know get your book directly from you. So again, that is cheaper than Amazon. It is on Amazon too, so uh, yeah. it will be coming in Kindle sometime soon. Yes. So we're working on that. Um, yeah, we talked quite a bit about you know we we we're, we're skirting around the the big date because we don't want to give that away. But we haven't talked about the major world players involved in this tribulation events. Yeah. Well, uh, are you asking me to, to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I'm asking you okay. to talk a little bit about that. Okay. Um, well, the United States is a, of America is a major player, uh, and I talked about that in my other book, uh, United States of America and Biblical Prophecy, but uh, I've said more about it here. It figures prominently. Um, in the last days, um, Russia is another player. And by the way, the players are defined in Daniel chapter 7, uh, verses 1 through 8, I believe it is. Um, so you can read about it there, but it's kind of hidden in those verses because it doesn't say U.S. of A. Right. Talks about a beast and a description of the beast and, and so forth. But then Russia is is involved. 
and the uh, uh, the Arabs countries are involved, and uh, the coming eventuality of whatever the EEC, the European uh, European uh, Economic Community, will evolve in the next 20 years into something um, different and more powerful than the United States and all these other beasts, uh, countries, empires, will come under the uh, domination of the European Union. Okay. So that's where it's all going, uh, in short. Okay. And the so-called Antichrist, you people have probably heard that name bantered about a, a lot. Yeah. And the Antichrist will be come out of the European Economic Community uh, in its more final forms. I do have some people who think that the Antichrist will come out of the Arab community. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, they would be right in the sense that um, that the Antichrist will be of Syrian descent. Ah, okay. So that may be where they get the idea about that connection. Yeah, it's that, and the fact that some people just think that anything Arab is going to be is uh, is against what we believe here in America. Yeah, actually, in Isaiah chapter ten, verse twenty-four is where it talks about the Antichrist being a Syrian. Ah. A Syrian descent. There you go. So that's, that's great that we, we find out a little more about that. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say one thing that I never really understood much um, was obviously the, the seals, the trumpets, and the bowls. Why, why did, do you think that he used those specific terms? I'm not sure I could understand, I could uh, answer that why God would do something uh it's rather esoteric I would say Oh okay <laughs> it's, uh, in, other, in other words it's kind of a just because <laughs> answer Well he did and and I'm not sure I could I could elaborate on why he did you know Oh okay okay Okay, that sounds good. Now, I know that in one of your books you said something about George Washington and had a vision. And yes. it fascinated me because I never heard this before. Yes, that, that was uh, that was really unique. Uh, he did have this vision, and it was uh, uh, published in the 1800s, and it's been in the Stars and Stripes, which was a, used to be a... Uh, a military newspaper years ago and uh, it was told by one of George Washington's the story was told by George Washington's orderly where he had this vision uh, uh, that an angel gave him 
And to make that long story short, uh, which is in my book, the story, the actual story is related uh, to the editor of the Stars and Stripes was uh, uh, is in is in my book. Mm-hmm. But uh, he saw the Revolutionary War first as one of the parts of the vision. Okay. And then he saw the uh, Civil War as a, the second part of the vision. And that he saw a third part of the vision as the United States being invaded in later years. Uh, hmm. And that uh, the, uh, the United States is not taken over completely but invaded, and uh, there's a lot of fighting going on during the apocalypse. Um, but eventually, uh, the the um, angelic help from heaven comes towards the end of the apocalypse period uh, and helps the United States to win its battles and it comes to believe in God again whereas now we're headed away from God in our morality Okay. that that trouble will bring us back and the United States will eventually be saved but uh, this vision that George Washington had uh, I believe is true because the first two parts of the vision were uh, have come to already. That is the Revolutionary War outcome and the Civil War outcome. Mm. So two out of three coming through is pretty good. Yeah. So there's no, no reason to, to believe that the third part won't come true or will will not come true. So uh, that is, to me, good evidence. Wow. Yeah. And again, I'm not quite sure, but, uh, you know, I've never heard this story before, so that's interesting. Yes. And besides that, it agrees with the book of Daniel um, about what happens to the United States. Right. So that's a big deal. The fact yeah. that the story agrees. Right, definitely. Now, why do you think that uh, I'm gonna, I see a lot of preppers that are coming into mainstream now? I mean, they even have television shows about people sure. who are preparing for the apocalypse or preparing for something. Obviously, you know, if you really think about it, this uh, the, what happened back east, uh, just you know, just this week. Um, probably a good thing that some of these preppers actually were prepared because they had, you know, a lot of them had no electricity. They had, uh, you know, couldn't get to the food. Obviously, could didn't couldn't get to the store. So whatever they happened, they, you know, they, they, I'm sure, delved into their supply. Yeah, probably. <laughs> now, you know. I would imagine they would have would have had to, you know. Sure, but so, it, it seems to me that there that the uh, 
preppers, so-called, uh, are really doomsday preppers, which is a little bit different than natural disasters, but uh, not to say that that, that doesn't help. Uh, I suspect that uh, that uh, generally, though, uh, people are afraid of the future. Yeah. When you start talking apocalypse, boy, people are say, "Gee, I've got to do something to prepare for that, or I'm going to be lost when it happens." Right. So it seems to me that that's the primary motivation for the so-called prepper movement, if there is such a thing. Uh, well, I think there's definitely a thing. Um, otherwise, it wouldn't be in the mainstream like it is. But yeah. I, I I would have to say that, that I think the time that we started seeing all this happen was after 9-11. Yeah. People really started to get shaky and, and started to get worried about their future. Yeah. Well, maybe they're partially uh, concerned about uh, nuclear war from some other power. You know, that's from Russia is always the Cold War has always been a big deal. Well, I think the big one right now, obviously, is Iran. We don't know what's going on with them. Yeah. And uh, you know, they uh, you never know. You, know, you never know who's who's going to uh, have a mistake for the day. <laughs> yeah. So you but, know, we yeah. never know. Rumors of wars and a shaky economy and and events like nine eleven cause people to see a need to to prepare because our country is kind of, I'd say, in a lot of people's opinions, is going downhill too. So nobody knows how far downhill that's going to be. So it causes people to want to be prepared, better prepared than they are. Yeah. Do you think that there are going to be a lot more people uh, getting into prepper mood now that they've had this big uh, issue, you know, the big storm in the east? Um, I don't. I don't see that as being very motivated, or motivating. I guess I should say. Uh, it seems like uh, world chaos, as the world gets more into chaos, uh, that's when, and that's what's going to make people really go into prepper mode. Okay, okay. So it's just a combination of things, and yeah, that causes yeah. people to to really yeah. go into prepper mode. Although you know, a natural disaster like this one could definitely trigger some. I think some people to. Uh, to think maybe their neighbors had it right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but the further along we go, I think the the people who have more of a feeling and more of a fear of the future, the worse things get. Yeah. Yeah, we we don't want to go into uh, how bad it can get because we that's a lot of the stuff is in his his, his book. And I'll, including your charts, tell us about these charts that you got that are a really important part of your book. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I didn't quite get what you said. I said your your charts that you have that that you include in your book. It's important. Oh yeah. You. Tell us about yeah. those. Yeah, the charts uh, really uh, um, make a good connection. Uh, 
with people usually because it's fairly simple and and not a lot of long long explanations. So yeah, it's a bird's eye view of of things, and it makes more under sense because you got them, uh, you got the tables included in your book. Yes. Okay. And of course, that, that's that's uh, that's from all the years of research that you've done. Yes, and uh, yeah, I, I did some of them, some of them, uh, you know, thirty years ago. But I just keep I kept adding to it and adding more charts, and which amounts to God giving me more insight as the years have gone by. Yeah. Yeah, Good. I've been at this half of my life. <laughs> there you go. So, so you guys will benefit by getting the book and getting the benefits of of all the years of experience and and research that Norm has done for you. Yes. Yes. So, anything else on the book specifically? I mean, no. You've got a, a book lunch party coming. Yes, uh, on Saturday, November 10th, which actually happens to be my birthday. Uh, <laughs> that's your, that's the, your birthday? Yeah, it just so happens. Just so happens to be your birthday. So you guys got to come, you know, and celebrate the birthday. And, and, and here he's going to turn around and, and give you guys ice cream Sundays. you know. It should be the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Do we need to give some some particulars about that for anybody who might like to show up? Definitely. Pardon me? Okay. Uh, it's going to be at, at the International House of Pancakes on... Uh, uh, Baseline? Power Road and Baseline, okay. uh, approximately, at uh, 3 o'clock... On Saturday afternoon, November tenth, from okay. three to four. Oh, okay, four until four thirty. Three to four thirty, um, Saturday, November tenth, International House of Pancakes, Power Road, and Baseline, approximately. Do we need to bring anything? Just yourself. Awesome. And your and your uh, your. Um, Curiosity, your uh, your desire for more information. There you go. Your desire to find out more. So, so he's yeah. got some answers, and of course, you guys can physically see the book, right? That's right. That's right. So it should be fun. We should have a lot of fun. Obviously, wherever there's ice cream, there's got to be fun, right? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. So that if you come, you get a. A chocolate sundae. There you go. Have free ice cream, people. Free ice cream. <laughs> and uh, and you learn a little more about uh, you know what he's got in his book. And of course, as they see the book, uh, which is obviously, obviously you guys can see the book cover on the show information, and of course the cover of his other two books. Uh, Norm lives in Arizona. He lives in Apache Junction, and. Uh, so he's one of our local authors of Arizona. We're very proud to have him. 
And we're very happy to have had him come on and talk to us today. And with that, I've got a question I ask everyone, which everyone's just like, oh, no, not that question. (laughs) And the question is, now that you have successfully slain the dragon, how will you celebrate? Yeah, well... That's a good question. Uh, I, I guess I have to say that I haven't slain the dragon yet, or I don't feel like I have. Um, uh, when you when did, this you book still closed, have the message, I, you still have the message to get out, right? I'm sorry. You still have the message to get out, which is what you're saying. Yeah, I guess so. It, yeah, right. The the the, uh, the prep work is done. But when people read it, read it and listen to it, and uh, then I, I guess I will feel that I've done all that I could do, and then I will have slain the dragons, the, the number of dragons that I've met. Awesome. And then we'll truly celebrate. Yes, you bet. <laughs> so with that, I'm going to say good night. It is. Uh, we ran over an hour, but that's okay because we had a little difficulty in the beginning. And uh, I'm so happy to have you on our radio show. And Thank again, you. you know, anybody can listen to this uh, to the radio show after it's over. It, uh, it recycles and goes into archive mode. So I will definitely be getting you the show information so that way you can put it up and uh, and your your people can come on your website and be able to listen to this short to uh, this interview as well. Okay. Yes. Okay. It's been uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you as usual. Thank you, Patty, for your uh, fine questions, and uh, I appreciate you helping me. Oh, that's no problem at all. Yeah, so, you you need to give yourself a, a little commercial here too. <laughs> I, I do at the end here. I let other people know what I'm doing, uh, where I'm going to be, so that way they can find me if they wanted to talk to me. Uh, but I, I always say goodbye to my my special guests first, so that way uh, I'm not talking over you. <laughs> All right. So thanks so much for being on the show, and I will talk to you uh, very soon. Okay, I'll come to your party. Okay. okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. Well, that was Norm Jones, and we're so happy to have him on here and KWOD Radio. And this is Patty Holstrand. I wanted to let you know what else is going on. Uh, obviously, we have another show tomorrow. Uh, this show tomorrow is with Jeff Johnson, and that show is going to be is gone to the dogs. We're going to the dogs. We're going to throw the the show a bone, and uh, Jeff Johnson is going to be on, and he's got he, he and his partner wrote a book about what the what your pets don't want you to know about. And it's going to be fun because, it, you know, it talks about obviously his dogs that they have and, and what the dogs are really thinking when they do things. Uh, <laughs> so it should be a really fun show. You guys got to come on. Tomorrow will be same time, same place, 5.30 p.m. Arizona time. And that makes three-hour difference in the East. So definitely come up on and listen to a show with uh, Jeff Johnson. It would be fun. And uh, also it's on my blog. So right now he's uh, an interview with his partner is uh, actually an uh, article written by his partner is right on my website uh, on my blog. So that way you guys can 
read a little bit about uh, about him and their their book, of course. And it says, throw your dog a bone because he considered himself, they considered themselves dinosaurs. See, they're not really that old, guys. But, you know, <laughs> that's okay. It's okay. We will prove that they're not so old tomorrow. And so that would be a lot of fun tomorrow. You guys got to come on and, and listen to the show. Uh, that will be tomorrow. And then on... See what else we got? We got a lot of things that connotation is coming up. So uh, that's anybody who has a book review and uh, any articles to submit to me for the connotation newspaper needs to get it in. Uh, today was today, today's the deadline. Uh, I got extended to the weekend. I'll be I'm already working on it. So you guys need to give it to me. And if you need to know information about that, please get uh, find me on Facebook. At pj.holstrand, H-U-L-T-S-T-R-A-N-D. If you want to know how to spell that, it's right on the show information. As I'm the host. <laughs> and that's going to be for this this next week. And then we've got another virtual tour. We've got a couple of people coming on. Um, and then Friday the 9th. We got a lot of things going on that weekend. Friday the ninth, we got Macy's second Friday. Uh, we'll also be picking up the connotations, so we'll have fresh copies at Macy's second Friday, and then we'll be taking them out to Tuscan 39, which is in Tucson. If you guys need no information about that, uh, go into your into Google and and go to Tuscan T U S C O N 39 is the easiest way to find them. And then that way you can find out a little more information who their their special guests are for the weekend. And uh, again, this sci-fi, fantasy, horror is the best little uh, convention in the state of Arizona. And then, of course, we've got the book launch party for Norm, which he doesn't have him, at 3 to 4.30 p.m. at IHOP Restaurant at 2100 South Power Road, Mesa. That's 2100 South Power Road, Mesa, and that's from 3 to 4.30 p.m. That's next Saturday. Right after that, I'll be rushing to uh, Tucson, where we'll be you know, handing out newspapers and hopefully doing a, a book, a, our Leprechaun 39 party right there at Tucson. And then uh, we have another... Uh, you know what? I'm not going to go any further. <laughs> I'm going to make you guys wait. So uh, next week uh, or tomorrow, I'll give you some more on some things that are going on the rest of the rest of the month. November is a very busy month for especially for weekends. So you guys need to strap in and and get ready to roll because we're we're heading right into the holidays. And it's a steamroller because I mean, here who would have thought that it'd already be November? So I don't know about you, but I am just shocked. Okay. Uh, tomorrow we've got Avondale, or, or this Saturday we've got Avondale Writers Conference. And that is from 8 a.m. Till, until uh, 5 o'clock p.m. And that's Avondale Writers Conference. If you need to look that up, you can go ahead and check that online. Uh, they also have a steampunk masquerade, masquerade ball in Tempe. That's at the Sheridan Phoenix Airport Hotel in Tempe. 
and that's from 6 p.m. until 12 in the morning. So that's Saturday, November 3rd. So a lot of things going on this weekend and next weekend. Uh, anybody who's interested in, in helping out with the Leprechaun, uh, Leprechaun 39, we have a meeting at the Denny's at 202 and Casio Road in Rural. Um on the edge of Tempe and Scottsdale, and that's at 4:30 or 4 o'clock until until uh, until six, four to six. And that's Sunday, November 4th. Also on the 17th, I'm gonna might as well tell you now. I'm gonna tell you now because you know I want you guys to get in on this. The Dream Big Book Seminar. We're going out to Surprise, Arizona, which is 13337 West Grand Avenue. And that's at the Comfort Inn Suites. Comfort Inn Suites in Surprise. We'll be out there from, uh, the, the seminar starts at 9. Registration starts at 8.30. Right now there's an early bird special, so you guys need to take a look. Need to know more? Just you know, get on my Facebook page and find out about that. That is Dream Big Book Seminar and Surprise. And what is that about, Patty? Well, I'll tell you what it's about. What that about is about is your ebook. Uh, it's all about the ebooks and about marketing your books. So it's about ebook preparation and how to actually uh, go about doing this yourself uh, under on a budget. So we're talking about ebook production on a budget. Uh, I have somebody, Greg Glumberg, has written a book on uh, how to create an ebook for um, for uh, less than $350. That includes editing and everything, and he uh, shows you exactly how that's done and where to go to get some of your services and obvious and you know what you should spend money on and what you don't need to. And so he shows you the whole thing. So you bring your manuscript, and by the end of the of the session you will have a working copy of an ebook. Bring obviously bring your computer as well. Because you certainly can't do anything with manuscript unless you put it into electronic format and bring it with you. And at the same time, uh at the tail end of that, about the last hour and a half, I am going to be taking over and talk about okay, what do you do now? Now that you've got your book on the on Kindle, on uh, Amazon, what do you do? It's not enough just to put it on Amazon. You've got to market it. What do you do? What have I what have I seen in the last few years that works? What doesn't work? What the traditional publishers have been doing for for uh, you know for for many many years, many decades that still works now as a self publisher. So what you should you be doing, and what can you do without? So you guys need to definitely get on board on that, and the cost is really good right now to be able to do an early bird special. Yes, this is not a free seminar. It's a full day of very intensive hands-on training for uh, how to take your manuscript into ebook format and how to market it afterwards. So you get a lot of great information, and you get actually your working prototype when you're done. So definitely find out more about that. Uh, again, that is out at Surprise. We will be bringing that into closer to town. But we wanted to start out uh, somewhere. And the seating is limited for that, by the way. It's only 30 people 
uh, 30 or 35 people uh, able to get in the fit into the room. Uh, and she'll allow for laptops, so definitely uh, register early because once once you hit to a certain number, we have to cut it off. There's not enough room. So with that, everybody, should be a lot of fun. It's going to be a really busy month. Again, going right into the holidays, so uh, get with me, find out more about what's going on, and uh, hit me up for information on uh, my Facebook page. And I will definitely offer that more on Friday. I will give you guys some, uh, you know, the information on that. So with that, it is getting close to that time. i got to take off. i got other places to go. Uh, this is KY Radio, and this is Patty Holster, and I have have a pleasure of having you all listen to me, and I really appreciate uh, you guys becoming our listeners. Uh, we have now exceeded, well exceeded, over 5,000 listeners in a month. So I couldn't have done that without you guys. So I really appreciate that.